This is Reimagining Healthcare, a podcast about innovation in the healthcare industry. It's a show for healthcare business owners, for healthcare professionals, for industry investors, and health tech entrepreneurs. On the show, I talk to health tech and healthcare innovators to uncover how they're reimagining and building a world of seamless digital healthcare experiences and how that fits into people's lives. I'm your host, Yanni Sopanos. Today, I'm speaking with Robert Nischel, founder and CEO of SmartTab, a digital medicine company developing wireless drug delivery and monitoring systems. In this interview, we discuss the reimagination of the capsule to produce a wireless, smart, ingestible capsule as a platform for personalized, biologically targeted drug delivery. It's fascinating to see the convergence of technologies such as smart polymer actuator ingredients, microprocessors, and wireless to produce a capsule that can be effectively controlled remotely or pre-programmed to achieve a therapeutic goal within our bodies in the right place, at the right time, and at the right dosage. I work through with Robert what the key problems are with existing drug delivery methods and why the Smart Tab offers solutions. We unpack the technology and why it was chosen to deliver a better patient experience while supporting better clinical workflows and healthcare outcomes. We can all relate to the mobile phone handset of today and how powerful a platform is to be able to offer us so many valuable applications to use to achieve our life goals. So imagine the potential of a smart tab or a smart capsule that healthcare innovators could use to develop digital therapeutics, digital medicine, or other scaled healthcare service delivery models across our entire population anywhere, anytime. Our world is so technologically advanced in some ways. And in other ways, we haven't moved forward for over 50, 60, even 80 years. Sometimes the tried and tested approach is just better. So when I think of a capsule, it's clearly stood the test of time. However, it does have its weaknesses and SmartTab's approach to novel and more effective therapies to improve patient outcomes and compliance is likely to shape the way we move forward with digital health. And so whether you're in medicines or in the mental, physical or nutritional healthcare sectors, consider how your healthcare model could benefit from combining a smart tab capsule delivery system to personalize and address client goals in healthcare. And even if this is not a focus for you in the near term, you'll get a lot out of this discussion as we explore ingestible smart capsules as part of the future of healthcare. Let's jump in. Well, hey there, Robert. How are you today? Doing fantastic. That's fantastic news. So you're in sunny Denver, Colorado at the moment. Yes, yes. Welcome, welcome. Robert, I want to find out a little bit about your journey to this point with the current project that you're working on called SmartTab and some of the really interesting and novel stuff that you're doing with SmartTab. Before we get into SmartTab specifically and where you are and where you're going, tell us a little bit about the journey. How did you get into SmartTab? So my background is in the pharmaceutical space working on developing time-release systems for tablets, capsules in the pharmaceutical area. About seven, eight years ago, started a company called Nano Pharmaceutical Laboratories with the idea of bringing these time-release technologies over to the sports nutrition consumer healthcare space. And we were successful in basically a crossover between those industries and pharmaceutical types of technologies. About three to four years ago, we spun out a division, Smart Tab, with the idea then on building on top of that digital platform. So now we have a capsule 
that would have the standard time release technologies. However, we've added in wireless to a communication. We've added in targeted delivery systems. So basically you swallow the capsule, it moves to a specific point in the GI, and then it releases the active ingredients. The journey has been really combining different technologies from different industries to end up where we're at today. That's some of what I wanted to unpack early on in this discussion. Just to clarify, when you say GI, is that the gastrointestinal tract? Yes. Fantastic. All right. There's a convergence of technologies here. A few things when I was doing some research on SmartTab, you've taken advantage of some of the smart polymer actuator technology that exists. you want to sort of break down the various components and tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, that's a great question. So if you look at SmartTab, it is a technology platform. So each capsule shares about probably 80% of the same internal components for the communication, the power, etc. Target tab in particular, since it releases the active ingredients at different phases, typically deep in the colon, has a wireless power component. So we actually send in the power wirelessly. The control rides on top of that wireless power signal. One of the ways that we've been able to get away with this, if you will, by providing a lower level of power is to use a smart shape memory polymer. So you can imagine a capsule, it has doors, the payload system, and we put in there a smart shape memory polymer. So the polymer is stretched, it retains its memory, and then when we send the signal in, it does not require as much power to contract like a you know mechanical system or something like that. It actually uses the stored energy in the shape memory polymer to very quickly open the payload doors to deliver the active ingredients. Now, the smart shape memory polymers, they're relatively small. They reside in the, in the center of the capsule. But we believe it was a very innovative way to reduce the power requirements so this works very efficiently as it's deployed to the humans. Yeah, fantastic. It's really an interesting field uh, in soft robotics and developing micro devices. So it's interesting how the world's changing and opening up those opportunities to address problems or challenges with the legacy models, particularly in healthcare in this case. What were some of those big problems that you were seeing as far as the conventional capsule approach was concerned? Yeah, exactly. And this really goes back to, I mean, you're exactly right with the antiquated technology. You walk into a pharmacy today, it looks pretty much the same way it did 50, 60 years ago. You have tablets, you have capsules, you get a bottle of your 30 capsules, you go home, you take them for a month. It's almost hard to believe that today we're still using the syringe and a needle to deploy large molecules or biologics. I mean, the, the syringe and needle was invented in 1844, and for the better part of the last two centuries, humans uh, we have been stabbing ourselves with this needle. So those are two of the main gaps. Another more subtle one is the targeted delivery. So there are some enteric coated capsules that are time release, that are delayed release. And I worked on those in my prior industry experience. But the ability to have a capsule that you can track to a very specific place in the colon and then release the active ingredients is a significant improvement. So those are some of the large gaps that we looked at. The target tab was our first one that we did preclinical animal studies on. And, you know, the inject tab, having the ability to swallow a capsule 
to perform an injection is a big step. And we're headed into preclinical animal studies very shortly with that technology. But you can imagine the gap in technology to where, I mean, look at all around us. Like, look at some of the new COVID-19 vaccines, brand new mRNA technology, leading edge. And yet we're using this almost 200-year-old technology to deploy these really leading edge biologics. So those were some of the large gaps that we identified that we could provide a solution for with SmartTab. So the fundamental problem there, would it be fair to say it's the delivery system is antiquated in that it is sort of snapshot in time. It's not very personalized, not very specific or targeted in right. the person's body. Yeah, and that's, that's certainly the case with the target tab. And then the inject tab is really more around, not convenient so much, but just the ability to perform the injections. One of the reasons that a lot of these drugs are not deployed, they have very poor compliance, is that, and we've held focus groups on this, is people do not want to give themselves a self-injection. I mean, it's psychology yeah. around that is, is tough. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. It's, it's a barrier, isn't it? It's sort of, it's uh, somebody has to overcome whatever concerns or fears they have around what that might mean for them and their right. experience. So right. I guess in software terms, we would call that a user experience. Is that something that resonates with the, the way that you've thought about the model? It does. It, it, it certainly does. And you go back to this idea that if you have a chronic disease or illness, something like rheumatoid arthritis or diabetes or Crohn's, and you're going to treat it with some type of a large protein and biologic, you need to perform a self-injection probably at least once a week, if not more. So now you have a syringe and a needle, you're going to stab yourself in the leg with that. So there are some solutions out there with this idea of how do you resonate and get around these psychological barriers. Is there, there's a thing called the, you know, the sure stick, which is kind of like an EpiPen that you can, you know, you don't see the needle, you see the pen, you still have the injection into the leg. Uh, there's another one, the auto injector box, which, you know, it's about the size of a deck of cards. You put that on your leg. It's really neat. It has lights and, you know, it has a green light when it does the injection. So these are all systems that are trying to camouflage the psychological effect of having to perform a self-injection. All of those still do perform an injection with a needle. So we know that it's a big problem because of the development of the solutions that are out there today uh, with some of these technologies to get around the psychological barrier. What led to focusing on that as an architectural framework to be able to design the smart tap solutions around as compared to things like soluble approaches through water or wearing things like patches, for example? Are there certain applications that the capsule is just a perfect fit for? Yeah, great question. So with the first target tab, those two applications you mentioned, it's very difficult to get targeted delivery. So things like Crohn's disease that will affect the colon, wanting to get the capsule, the medicine very deep into the colon, and then release the targeted medicine. That, that, that would be difficult to do with a patch or something that's, that's water soluble. The injections now, we are into an area that this is designed for items that you cannot release through a tablet or a capsule historically. So biologics, they will break down, insulin will break down, large proteins, they go to the stomach, they run into the pH levels that change, enzymes, they, they break down. So those are not uh, candidates. The patch, 
is interesting, but now you're kind of locked into low dosages. Will people wear the patch? Will they take the patch off? So you run into these ideas that either A, you cannot get enough of the dose in to the patient, or B, that's a compliance issue that they won't wear the patch. Now, patches do have a place. They work well for some things. But these huge, huge industries, 50 billion injections globally last year, the, the patch doesn't work. Water-soluble doesn't work. You need to be performing a direct injection into the vascular system into humans. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I, I thought it was important to try and clarify those different mm-hmm. approaches as well. Horses for courses, so to speak. Right, yeah. Is it digital medicine? Is it digital therapeutic? Is it digital intervention? How would you describe it? We are certainly leading the charge here into new territory where you're combining drug delivery, you're taking known therapeutics, you're trying to increase the way that those are delivered, Uh, you're taking wireless control systems or digital control systems, You're, you're taking digital communication and the information that we collect Uh, After a capsule has been swallowed and it deploys its active ingredients, those data points could be sent back to some type of an artificial intelligence model, then run the algorithms, and that could go back to a physician to adjust in real time, in real time, the dose of a particular medicine. So ours is really a confluence of digital therapeutics, wireless communication, wireless control, digital software. I mean, we really have a bundle of new things that that are taking place. We will have an app, how you control the the release of the active ingredients. So now we're over here into, you know, the software area, the app area. So so we truly have a lot of these digital platforms that are coming together all at once. When you when you talk about software enhancements, the applications, do you have some kind of clinical workflows in mind that you're basing those use cases on or, or that you can see right now is the lowest hanging fruit for transforming the culture of therapeutics in this particular model? Yeah, exactly. And I think the biggest piece that will come into play in the next five to 10 years is, so we do the drug delivery and then you can monitor how those drugs affect the human body and then send those to an artificial intelligence platform. As those data points are analyzed, this can then go back to the physician. Now, there are software platforms already that will take a snapshot of the current medicine that you're on, all the prescriptions that you're on, all of your vitals, and they will fit those into a model. There's a company right here in Denver, I believe it's called our X review and they do that. So now the physician has real time software approach and then it, it builds out recommendations that we should, you know, recommend this to the client. So our piece of it is the drug delivery system that will fit into the model um, per your question that you will now have real time to where instead of having to wait 30 days going into the physician's office, the physician then in real time could send a signal to your phone and adjust the prescription. So really the key or the the matrix is, if you could envision a triangle, is we provide the drug delivery, you get results, it goes to an artificial intelligence algorithm, all your data points, it goes back to the physician, then the physician adjusts it in real time. So the, the interesting thing is, and the exciting thing is, is you already have some 
of those building blocks out there. So IBM already has Watson. I already mentioned the company in Denver that is already doing that to a pretty reasonable extent already. So, uh, and then even at UC Health, the main person there, Dr. Zane, they already have a virtual telemedicine, a very high tech where you can analyze data, et cetera, and provide care in a telemedicine type of setting. That's fantastic. I'm just getting all these visions of remote healthcare service delivery models. This model could actually be scaling how the time and effort of a health professional is used so that they're not confined to, strictly speaking, long-form appointments each and every time when working with a patient and actually distributing the actual service model using the digital tools uh, that are available there. Does that kind of make sense to you? That's exactly where we're headed. And, you know, we've already have begun to have seen some of that with the COVID to, you know, the, the less travel, less travel to the clinics, et cetera, more telemedicine. It's important to remember also that you're still providing care, even though it's long distance or even though it's over a Zoom call. You're still having that interaction with the physician. You will be having real-time data points, real-time adjustments. So you're exactly right. You will see this build out of remote care, it will reduce costs, it will reduce travel times. And the other thing that you know seems to get missed is that many patients are elderly. Many elderly people do not have the ability just to get into a car and drive. They need to get a ride, they need to catch a bus, they need to have a shuttle. So imagine the implications of elderly people who most of them are very savvy uh, with computers and laptops. They just boot up, they have a Zoom call, uh, it's it's one-to-one with the physician. You work through what you need to work through and, and you're on your way. I just see so much, so much potential for it. What's the journey been like for you in commercializing SmartTab? You mentioned uh, animal trials and I think you just touched on uh, some human trials. Yes, exactly right. So we completed preclinical animal studies for the Target Tab about a year ago. We're getting ready to file that with the FDA for the medical device clearance on the Target Tab. Uh, for the inject tab, we're getting ready to go into preclinical animal studies using insulin. From there, we will file with the FDA for that platform application. You know, the journey has been, th- this is a mission. We're, we are on a mission to bring these products to market. It is not the best model today to try and generate revenue right away or try and make a cash flow right away. This is a big undertaking. So we are investing the dollars. We're investing the time. We are, we are on an absolute mission. The people that work with us, myself, we have started other companies. We have sold other companies that have been successful. So this is truly a mission to, to bring a game-changing technology to market. So having that advantage, if you will, that we can really focus on this and look out now, maybe 30 months before we'll have our first product in market. It's been very good. Uh, I will say that we have worked right through COVID. We have been in the office. We have been in the lab every day. We have had some supply issues with the various, whether it's been polymers or chips or microprocessors, but we keep on the march. And these products will be in the market. And you know, the biggest thing is, is it will truly improve patient care for, for virtually millions of people. The analogy I have in my head as I, as I was approaching coming into uh, this interview with you, uh, Robert, is a lot of us can relate to how significant the handset is for a smartphone. 
it is the device in which we access so much value. And there are so many interpretations of what the value is that can be made available to us through that handset in terms of applications. And I think all of us can have a really first-hand experience of what that utility is like. And I kind of think of what you've built in a metaphoric way. It's kind of like the handset in smartphones. It, it's going to open up a lot of potential for people to think about what kind of apps or applications they're going to see as leveraging that platform, incorporating it into that business model. What's your take on it? You're dead center. You're right on. We believe that five, 10 years from now, many applications will be through a capsule, an ingestible capsule. You know, in the, in the medical field, whatever, uh, five years ago, they said, oh, it was the year of the wearables or it's the decade of the wearables. We believe that this decade, 2020, 2021 and beyond will be the decade of ingestibles. So you ingest a capsule, it delivers a drug. You ingest a capsule, it performs an internal injection for insulin. You ingest a capsule, it monitors your temperature, your heart rate, your pH, etc. You ingest a capsule, it does whatever it may do. So we believe that you will see this transformation in medicine, delivery systems, and monitoring systems you swallow a capsule. Another platform we're working on is the multi-tab. So you swallow one capsule today, stays in the stomach for seven days. Each day it releases the active ingredients per the microprocessor that is in the capsule. So all of those applications will make this the decade of ingestibles. Does that sort of mean then that your business model is heading in a direction where it's going to be open to some extent? You know, if we look at that mobile analogy the mobile handset providers worked with operating platforms that allowed api interoperability and a whole bunch mm -hmm. of developers were encouraged to come along and play in the sandbox so to speak and innovate um, is that what you're foreseeing for smart tab yeah we do i mean this could go in different directions you know we're doing our best today to develop the technology uh, file the patents and then get the first product to market. And I think, you know, there are many industries that you can look at. Certainly the one that you mentioned, the handset. If you look back at cellular phones, 1985, when the first large Motorola, the big brick phone came out, that's all it could do. It could talk back and forth to people, right? If somebody somewhere somehow even had a cell phone who you could talk with. So early technology, and then you look ahead, if you look at like our smart tab, the platform technology where the cell phone was in 1985, you know, as you mentioned, look at all the apps now, all the information that we have just at our fingertips in a very oh, much smaller, a much faster cell phone. So we see, you know, again, we're doing our best, get this to market, do everything today, first things first, but 10, 20 years from now, they have the ability that you swallow a capsule. I mean, all the way from delivering drugs, you know, to holding passwords, passcodes for different types of applications. I mean, the applications could be endless. To that end, notwithstanding that, uh, the focus is on the big disease burdens right now that the conventional approaches such as in injections have the problems that we were talking about a little bit earlier. Can this extend right across the healthcare spectrum or do you see it focusing or anchoring on the current drug product sets? We, we see it expanding across the entire system and, you know, to have the ability to, and, and again, you can look at these other types of industries that started out, you know, maybe it started out as a military application and then it's gone to the consumer setting. 
whether it was, you know, cell phones or GPS or whatever, but we see the same path that SmartTab will, will follow. I mean, look at GPS. 50 years ago, you kind of sort of had some satellites. It was a military development. Bell Labs was working on some of the early development. Today, it's everywhere. I mean, it's in your watch, it's in your car, your phone. That's the way we envision SmartTab rolling out. Yeah. This could roll to the vitamins industry, diet, nutrition, that kind of application. Yeah, it certainly can. And the big advantage here is that as you move more in the direction of personalized medicine, and we're starting to see that gain speed and momentum to where you would take some type of a, you know, analysis, a blood draw, et cetera, and then have your vitamins and supplements adjusted, personalized medicine. We're already starting to see that happen to on a small scale. That will continue to roll out. So with the smart tab, then you're exactly right. It goes beyond prescription medicine. It goes all the way down to vitamins and minerals. I'd imagine in the physical therapies as well, uh, pain, anti-inflammatories, in the high-performance sports sectors, I can imagine there'd be a, a lot of applications in those areas as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. There's certainly a lot. I mean, imagine if you could ingest a pill that had, say, 10 compartments for things like painkillers. And then when the pain comes on, you push a button on your smartphone, it sends a signal in to deploy that pain relief medicine right away. That could be used in a clinical setting. It could be used at home in a setting after surgery. Here's the key, though. With those painkiller types of things, you would have the ability to monitor it. So overdose goes away. Drug abuse goes away. A lot of the problems that we see today with opioid use and overdoses would go away because you would have a real-time system to not only deliver the medicine, but to monitor. Yeah, yeah. And, and another big topic is the microbiome and the balance within the gut flora, for example. Do you see right. utility with the platform to address those types of issues? We, we do. And in fact, there is a separate project that I would say it's early to mid-stage. So if you take our platform technology in the smart tab and you do not view it as drug delivery, but you do it as a sampling system. So today there's no real good way to obtain samples from the GI tract. I mean, you can get an aggregate sample, send it in, analyze it, but imagine the implications if you were able to sample from a particular area, small intestine, large intestine, colon, now you could very much adjust how you're delivering probiotics, vitamins, minerals, the diet, because now you have a sampling system. So imagine how you could have a capsule, you know, you could have it have mobility and target a certain area, take a sample, you collect it, analyze that. So we're in the early stages of that, but it's just another application of where we could take our architecture from the basic platform and apply it to a different area. Super exciting. The next steps for you, what are you looking to achieve over the next 12 months, 24 months? So the milestones, if you will, uh, to obtain FDA clearance as a class two medical device for the capsule itself, uh, we will be running additional clinical studies. But the key milestone would be to get a product, our first product commercialized. So right now we're just getting started on our Series A funding round that will allow us to hire more people, do more studies, uh, build out a small to mid-scale pilot facility, a small manufacturing facility for launch quantities, and then we go to market. So, you know, the key is to stay on the path, 
you know, we were not slowed down too much by COVID. So here we go. We, we continue to accelerate and keep our eye on the target. So I think, you know, to add to that, uh, we continue to look and sign up strategic partners for specific drugs that we can improve the drug delivery systems. What type of partners would you be interested in, in engaging with at the moment? Yeah, pharmaceutical companies that have specific drugs uh, that they are looking to improve the delivery systems. And, and, you know, some of those, for example, could be the biologics. You know, there are a lot of companies, large, small, mid-sized pharma companies that are developing biologics that, you know, to have a better way to deploy those. And then you, then we would partner with those companies, run clinical studies, and then uh, launch their products as well. So that's what we're looking at. We have been successful in you know, developing agreements with, with some of the pharma companies to perform clinical studies, and we will continue to do so uh, as we move forward. This is all about targeting medicine at the moment and working with partners who are aligned with that objective and looking for uh, novel ways to actually improve the accuracy, the user experience, I think it's fair to say, and avoid right, some of the um, issues such as uh, toxicity and uh, ensuring adherence or compliance with the therapeutic model. Is, is that a fair summary? Yeah, that's perfect. How do you see the, the health professionals generally, specialists and the like, how, how do you see their uh, propensity to innovate and to trial new stuff uh, within their current practices? In Colorado, Colorado is a fairly progressive state, so we've had good success with talking with physicians, their response to it. We have held focus groups with not only patients, but physicians, and they view it as improving patient outcomes, making you know their life easier, their life better, because they have better patient outcomes. You know, it's, it's difficult as a physician, if you someone comes in, you diagnose them with Crohn's disease, and then like, okay, we're going to treat this with a biologic. So guess what? You get to stab yourself with a needle every week for who knows, the next few decades. So, you know, that's tough. And to have a better application, a better venue, you know, that's a big deal. So the response has been favorable. Now it's up to us. It's our job to get these products to market. Any other hurdles that you have in your way as far as getting that acceptance? Well, sure. I mean, we have the, you know, we believe we have a clear line of sight to move through the FDA, get to clearance. I mean, we have additional clinical studies. They always have certain hurdles to work through, getting the manufacturing online, getting the, which drugs do we use, who do we partner with, getting these things to a commercial phase. But I wouldn't say they're, you know, necessarily potential setbacks or whatever. They're just challenges or hurdles like with any startup. And, you know, even back in the day with my experience in the pharmaceutical space, working on the, you know, at the time, leading edge time release systems, we always had hurdles. We always overcame them. We always kept the faith and kept the line of sight to make those successful and bring those to market. And that is the case, what we will do with SmartTab. How has the investor community reacted to SmartTab? Yeah, great question. It's been very favorable. We have been very frugal with our investments. You know, we believe we have come far on the capital that we've raised to date. I would say, you know, not setbacks, but not really criticism, but feedback we get is maybe not a fit for their fund. Maybe we're too early. Some cases we're too late. So it really is, you know, having a, a fit. I would say right now today in healthcare, there's plenty of capital going into healthcare. It does seem to be a little bit more in the direction of tech or software or apps. A lot of growth there as well, telemedicine as well. That's been helped out by COVID, which is great. So, you know, in general, 
you know, the feedback has been very positive, you know, all around. And then, like I said, it just comes down to, is it a fit, the timing, but, you know, you kind of run into that with, with anywhere you go, but we still continue to march forward. That's pretty consistent with what we're seeing here in uh, Australia as well, mm-hmm. in terms of the investor community. COVID put a, uh, an acute focus on certain areas of digital mm-hmm. health, so to speak, but things are starting to open up into other areas as well. I'm very excited yeah. about this, Robert. I congratulate you and the team. I can see just uh, across the network of health practitioners that we work with, just some incredible innovation opportunities on how the model of healthcare works going forward, especially when we contemplate having distances between us and continual spread of our population into more rural and remote areas and how we, how we go about supporting people remotely, but also thinking about our healthcare workforce and putting in better models of healthcare, clinical engagement models that are not as susceptible to burnout or fatigue in terms of how much personal, emotional and physical effort goes into supporting other human beings. I really appreciate you taking the time to share your story with us and tell us a little bit more about SmartTap. Thank you, Robert. Yeah, fabulous. Thanks for listening. This podcast is produced in collaboration with Health Tech X, where we are working toward a world of integrated digital health empowerment for all people. If you'd like more info on how to get involved, head over to the website, healthtechx.com.au. Or if you have any feedback about the show, you can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn, Instagram, or email by following the links in this episode's show notes. And finally, Don't forget to subscribe to Reimagining Healthcare in your podcast app. And if you like what you heard, leave us a five-star review. It really helps other people find the show. I'm your host, Yanni Sopanos, and I'll speak to you in our next episode.